Welcome to the Catholic Foodie Show here on You Supported Real Life Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie. So glad that uh, you're here with me today. You know, we're going to be talking about food in the news. There's been a, a few things that have caught my eyes, uh, caught my eye in the news lately. I want to share that with you. And I do that from time to time. I like to look at uh, what's going on in the food world online. Uh, I swear I get most of my news is online. It's quick. It's easy. It's painless. I can always turn it off if I want to. Uh, but it helps me to kind of know what's going on and also how to, uh, to, to kind of mesh that, to bring it together with uh, my faith. And of course, the Catholic Foodie is where food meets faith, and we're going to be talking about that uh, on today's show. Uh, you, uh, you know what else? Today is Monday, and if we have time, I've been talking about this. I think last Monday I, I, I shared this with you that uh, it's Red Beans and Rice Day here in uh, in New Orleans. And uh, I did talk about Red Beans and Rice, but I still have yet to get to actually give you the recipe. I, I do have it over at catholicfoodie.com, and I do link to it over in the show notes at catholicfoodie.com. However, I haven't actually given it to you here online. So if we have time today, if we have time today, I will try to, to do that for you. Uh, again, you know, if you're driving, it doesn't make any sense to try to take notes. Don't worry about it. The, the recipe is available at catholicfoodie.com. You know, I want to thank you for listening to the Catholic Foodie Show on You Supported Real Life Radio. Uh, you can always be a part of the show. You can call me anytime, day or night at uh, 985-635-4974, 985-635-4974, and leave me a voice message. I can play your message here on the show, uh, and that, that just makes things all, you know, kind of conversation-like, and I like that. That's that's a good thing. So uh, 985-635-4974. You can always leave a message there. I can play it on the show. However, if you want to call in live, you are able to do that. You can always call right now, as a matter of fact, 855-949-1380. 855-949-1380 oh, is the number to call in live. Uh, we're talking today uh, here on You Supported Real Life Radio about food in news. You know, we do say that. We say that Real Life Radio is you-supported, and uh, hopefully, hopefully that might just pique your curiosity. And if it does, you can find out why we say it and how it benefits you by going to realliferadio.com and clicking on the Care to Share link. Uh, you know, before we, uh, we jump into today's topic of food and the news, I do want to give a shout-out uh, to a friend and fellow parishioner, Carrie Galazeski. Uh, you've heard me talk recently about uh, really not more than just talking. I've been singing, singing the praises, <laughs> singing the praises of our parishes, uh, meals ministry uh, for new moms and what a blessing that ministry is. Uh, we've been partaking of that uh, recently. I've been blessed by it recently because we welcomed our uh, fourth little baby into the world, um, Zelly, uh, about three and a half weeks ago. And uh, so anyway, uh, we've been receiving meals from this uh, this um, uh, ministry, uh, Meals Ministry for New Moms, uh, for the last couple of weeks. And they, they bring meals on Monday, Wednesdays, Mondays and Wednesdays and Fridays. And people sign up to do that and they come and cook for us. And it was interesting, I mentioned this to you before, that uh, when we first got onto the list, uh, I had folks, I mean, we've been in this parish for a long time. We know we know so many people in the, it's a big parish, it's vibrant, St. Peters and Covington, and uh, it, it, we we know uh, all these folks, and it's just it's wonderful. It's so good to be part of of the parish family there at St. Peters, and it, it's funny because a lot of the folks there in the parish, of course, know who I am, know me as you know the Catholic foodie. I do a radio show in New Orleans uh, in Baton Rouge, as well as this radio show here on you supported real life radio, but also uh, I've been writing. I've been doing the, the podcast at catholicfoodie.com, writing, blogging about food, doing recipes. I have a book, you know, an author. That, so folks know this about me. And it's funny how many of them walked up to us at different times, you know, saying, or even, even via email or even on Facebook and saying, Oh, I, I'm, I'm nervous to sign up to cook for you. You know, and, like, what? Are you serious? I mean, I guess I can understand that. But some of the folks who are telling us this are people who are excellent cooks. 
I've had their food before. They're fantastic. And I think it's just the, um, I mean, I'm not a professional chef. I'm not. I was never trained as a professional chef. If you want to talk about uh, what my qualifications are, I mean, if you talk about uh, uh, professional training in the hospitality industry, I was trained as a bartender. All right. That's where my training comes from. But uh, I just learned. I love to cook. I learned uh, from at a young age. I started learning how to cook. And uh, I saw that it was something that made me happy you know, to cook. And, and it's something that always uh, brought a benefit and brought happiness to other people too. And so that's where that came from, but I'm not professionally trained. And so I really enjoy the cooking of other, of other people. Uh, and, and, and the, and the joy that that really does bring, right. That the gift of self that is part and parcel of that. So I, I kind of, you know, I try to do my best, put people at ease. It's like, Oh, come on. I mean, it really is. It, it truly honestly is a tremendous joy for us to receive these meals and uh, such a big help too with the making the adjustment to the little baby and and, and the family and all of that, you know. Certainly a, a big help. Lack of sleep, those kind of things, you know. Having meals brought to you is just um, wow. It's 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 phenomenal. And so we've had several families who have brought us meals, and they've all been fantastic. All of them have been great. Um, but I wanted to give a shout out to Carrie because well, she she did something. It was really a first. It was a first for me. It was a first for, for, for my family and it was, it just tickled me so much. Uh, she brought a meal, uh, the other, I guess it's been, it was at the, it was last week now. I guess it was maybe Wednesday of last week or I guess it was Wednesday of last week. She brought a meal and, uh, and here's the deal. Not only did she prepare a meal for us, but she prepared a meal from my own cookbook. <laughs> <laughs> and she rocked it. I mean, it was just phenomenal. Uh, I had, you know, folks who, who are in the parish who know us were saying, oh my gosh, that's gutsy. You know, that's, that's brave. <laughs> but she's a great cook and she just did a fantastic job. She really did go, I think, above and beyond the call of duty. She, she made uh, not only moussakan, which is kind of a, a chicken and onions uh, dish that is uh, uh, cooked down in Middle Eastern spices. Uh, not only did she prepare that and a Israeli chopped salad, which is time consuming because of all the, the chopping that you have to do. But in addition to that, she also made pita bread from scratch. So <laughs> it was an amazing, amazing meal. And, uh, and it was just such a, such a treat to have someone else prepare food from, from the book, you know, that I got to, uh, enjoy with my family. That was, uh, such a treat. And for dessert, she made the, uh, spiced date cake. Uh, so fantastic. Those recipes are available, by the way, let me reach over here and try to grab this. I know that uh, silence on the radio is not a good thing, but I, I had to reach away from the microphone here. But the cookbook, by the way, Around the Table with the Catholic Foodie, Middle Eastern Cuisine, is available um, on Amazon.com. It's available on the publisher's uh, website at Ligori.org, uh, org.org. And uh, also Aquinasandmore.com has this book available. And not only is it, is it available, but uh, Ian Rutherford over there at Aquinasandmore.com has uh, free shipping for you. Uh, for listeners of The Catholic Foodie, you can get free shipping uh, on the book and anything that you order over there by using the promo code Foodie Radio, all one word, Foodie Radio. Uh, so that's a, that's a treat. So thank you, Ian, for that. Um, I, I placed an order last week. We had Ian on the show, actually. Uh, talked about just Catholic resources, um, the, the the blessings that come to us from from books and uh, through books, I should say, and through other types of media. And it was just such a delight to talk to Ian. He's got a a, 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 a holy family, a big family, a holy family, uh, a good family. They're doing they're doing great work over there at Aquinas and more. And uh, very generous of him to offer the free shipping uh, to to the listeners of the Catholic Foodie Show, Foodie Radio is uh, is the, uh, the the promo code that you can use over there you know he also uh, what I ordered I ordered on the on the interview that I had with him I told him that there was this one book that I had my eye on for years I mean literally years uh, the, the woman who wrote it her last name is Vitz V-I-T-Z and at the moment uh, I don't have it pulled up I'm just kind of off 
cuff here today. I don't have it pulled up, but um, the, the title of the book, I, I will get it for you at least by the break. How about that? And I'll let you know. But uh, the title of the book has always intrigued me. Uh, it's, a, it's a Catholic uh, book. It's a cookbook. And um, I, I just I, – it's been on my wish list to get forever. I have just never ordered it. So I'm placing an order for that and also for a copy of Sarah Vabulous's uh, new book, um, uh, about brewvangelism, I guess you could say. Uh, we've had Sarah on the show too, and uh, the Catholic Foodies Guide, the Catholic Drinkies Guide to Homebrewed Evangelism is the title there of that book. I got myself confused there for a moment with uh, with Sarah, uh, but she's doing excellent work as well. So if you haven't tried out her book, if you haven't uh, gotten her book yet, what a wonderful opportunity to get it and to get free shipping. To AquinasandMore.com, Foodie Radio is the is the uh, the promo code there. Now I mentioned to you uh, that uh, today we're talking about food in the news, and uh, we're we're coming up on a break in just a couple of minutes here. But I want to join. I want to start out by uh, telling you that I saw something come across my news feed yesterday. And uh, it had to do with the other radio show that I've been doing. And uh, the radio show is probably about two years, uh, about two, a little over two years old now. And uh, Around the Table with the Catholic, no, it's not Around the Table. That's the name of the book. It's just called Around the Table. That's the name of it. And it airs in New Orleans and Baton Rouge. And uh, I I co-host that show with Monsignor Christopher Nolte, who is a priest of the Archdiocese of New Orleans, and Mr. David Dawson, who is the president of uh, Catholic Community Radio. And I'll have to tell you about the news piece uh, when we come back from the break. You're listening to The Catholic Foodie Show here on You Supported Real Life Radio. We'll be back in just a minute. Food in the news. And uh, prior to the break, I was telling you about the special that they have going on right now at AquinasandMore.com where you can get free shipping on your order. It's free standard shipping on your order uh, by using uh, the promo code Foodie Radio, Foodie Radio, all one word. And uh, I just pulled up prior to the break, and now I don't see it. Where did I put it? I just pulled up. Um, that here, I think it's over here. At least I think it is. I'm getting lost here. I was trying to pull up the, um, the information on this book. I told you about, uh, this one book. Oh, it's called a continual feast. That's it. It's Evelyn Vitz, Evelyn Berg or Burge, uh, Berg. Fitz, uh, Vitz is uh, is her name, and it's called a continual feast. It's it's been around for a long time. That book has been around, uh, and and it's just one that I've always wanted to get, um, and never did. And so I took advantage of the free shipping and and ordered that uh, from AquinasAmore.com. So you can check that out. I will have a link in the show notes, by the way, to that particular book, uh, a continual feast, which is a cookbook. Here's the, here's what it says. It says uh, it's a cookbook full of one. Recipes and ideas drawn from throughout the Christian tradition with suggestions about when and why these dishes might be served. It contains more than 250, 275 recipes with which to celebrate all the holidays throughout the Christian year, as well as the many shared rituals that strengthen family bonds and enrich the significance of the day of the day-to-day events of our lives, how these rituals, rites, and feasts came about, how they are celebrated around the world, and how you can bring them into your home are described every step of the way. Uh, and so it's just always appealed to me. And so now I finally have a copy of that book. And uh, like all cookbooks, I, I love to use them as um, – well, as as fodder, right? As as uh, something to, to to glean ideas from, and uh, I mean, I may never cook anything directly out of a of a cookbook. Uh, yeah, well, I have to confess. Okay, this isn't a sacramental confession, but it's a it's a culinary confession. How about that? A culinary confession that um, you know, I have a very hard time following a recipe. Um, you know, if if I'm if I'm using someone else's recipe, I have a, a natural tendency to want to change it, 
to want to make it my own. Um, you know, and, and I think when you're in the kitchen and you're cooking and you're just used to, to, to how things come together, you know, how heat affects ingredients, how adding certain ingredients together affects the overall taste and flavor of a meal of a dish. Um, I, I think that when you know those kind of things, it's very difficult when something calls for, I don't know, let's just say as an example, since I'm down here in New Orleans, something calls for like an eighth of a teaspoon of cayenne. You know, once I'm done laughing, <laughs> I'm going to kick it up a notch, right? And I'm going to add a little bit more because that's just, that's just how it goes. But it's not just that. It could be anything. Something may call for, let's, as, as an, another example, something may call for um, canola oil. And because I really do as much as possible try to use real food. Uh, as much as possible. It's not always 100% possible, but as much as, as possible. Um, instead of using the canola oil, I might use butter. Or if the overall dish, uh, if it would work with the overall dish, I might even use bacon grease, you know, or bacon renderings, as my chef friends like to say. Uh, so I've never met a canola. I've never seen a canola. I've never held a canola in my hand. And so I have a hard time wanting to use uh, canola oil. Not to say that I haven't used it, not to say that I wouldn't use it. It's just that I, I do strive to uh, to try to use minimally processed and, and non-chemical stuff as, as much as possible. Um, so those are just some examples. I'll, I'll take a recipe and I, I make it my own. I change things around. I add things that aren't there and, and take away things that are. And uh, and that's a okay. I haven't been arrested yet uh, for for that. As far as I know, um, there are no recipe police. So uh, I, I love having this cookbook available. And uh, I think I mentioned to you, I also ordered Sarah Vabulous's um, The Catholic Drinkies Guide to Homebrewed Evangelism. And I've been reading my way through that delightful book. I absolutely love it. We're going to have Sarah back on the show, by the way, to talk more beer and, uh, and cocktails uh, coming up in the next week or two. I hope to have her back on the show by then. And now we're talking about today, we're talking about food in the news and a couple of things have caught my eye I wanted to share with you and I keep losing my place. Uh, I don't know about you, but I like to have multiple, uh, I use multiple browsers um, to do different things. And uh, as part of what I do is I, I do web development, I do, I create content for uh, for businesses. That's what I do to actually make ends meet. And uh, so I use different browsers for different reasons. I use Safari for some things. I use Chrome for others. Chrome is my uh, go-to uh, browser, and that's why you may find me, um, you know, lost from time to time when I'm trying to find some resources because I've got, you know, 30 different tabs open in Chrome and 15 in Safari. And so got to find them, got to find them. But this came across, I think it was yesterday, across my news feed. It's, uh, the title of it is this, New Orleans Priest Sees Food as the Lure That Brings People Together. And this was over at NOLA.com. If you're not from this area, not from South Louisiana, then NOLA uh, might not make sense to you, but it basically just is uh, how we tend to refer to New Orleans. It's uh, New Orleans, Louisiana. New Orleans, N-O, Louisiana, L-A. So NOLA.com, which is also the website for the local uh, New Orleans newspaper, uh, the Times-Picayune, uh, they did an article uh, on uh, Monsignor Christopher Nolte, which I think is is just uh, awesome. Uh, Monsignor Nolte is one of the co-hosts of the, the Around the Table show on uh, – on um, Catholic Community Radio in New Orleans and Baton Rouge. And uh, here's how the article starts out. It says, you know, when it comes to entertaining dinner guests, hosting the parish Monsignor might send one scampering for only the finest of recipes. But fuss isn't necessary when Monsignor Christopher Nolte comes to call. The Monsignor will do the cooking. <laughs> Which is so true. He's a fantastic cook, a pastor of a Good Shepherd Parish, uh, St. Stephen Church uh, in New Orleans. He's also a New Orleans uh, uh, native. Uh, Nolte co-hosts the Around the Table radio program on 690 AM WQNO New Orleans with Jeff Young, founder and producer of the Catholic Foodie blog and podcast, and David Dawson, president and general manager of Catholic Community Radio. Uh, Nolte cooks when invited over and draws in family members to help with preparation for Nolte food. Food means more than physical sustenance. Cooking for us in Louisiana, he says, surrounds the family. 
describing, uh, he describes uh, home meals growing up or conversations, uh, conversations centered on, on family. He says the meal was not just about nourishment, but about bringing people together. I'm not going to read the full article uh, to you. If you go to catholicfoodie.com, it is the top uh, story today. Uh, you'll be able to click on the link there to take you to the full article. There's also a, a, a short video of him um, uh, flaming a pot. He, he, he lights a skillet on fire as he's demonstrating a cooking technique. And uh, it's, it's really kind of cool to see him and his black clerics, you know, in the kitchen cooking. And if you do take a look over there, you might recognize that kitchen. Um, he is, uh, <laughs> if you've seen any of my headshots, including the, the shot that was used for uh, my author photo for the book, uh, you'll, you'll notice the, you'll probably recognize that wallpaper. Um, Monsignor Nalti was was gracious enough to allow me to do uh, my photo shoot in his kitchen uh, in New Orleans. He has a beautiful, old, uh, but gorgeous uh, rectory there at St. Stephen Church uh, on, uh, I believe it's on Napoleon. And uh, just beautiful, beautiful place. It's, it's very, it's kind of a, almost like an antique building and it's just really it's 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 historic it is historic and uh beautiful kitchen a lot of space and uh, i did a photo shoot there for my um uh for the for the for the author photos i needed to have for uh, the cookbook it was good so anyway uh really neat to see to see him uh, in the kitchen cooking and uh <laughs> the little video that he's got there is this is really cool too. So I hope you do check that out. Uh, doing the show, you know, we haven't done the show um, since the, the the fall, since December. We were kind of on hiatus right now. A lot of changes happening in New Orleans with the radio show. Uh, they they moved uh, locations of the studio. That was one thing that kind of really jostled uh, jostled things around uh, quite a bit, having to move the studio. But secondly, uh, just schedule. The schedule's been absolutely crazy uh, for all three of us, three hosts of a show uh, this spring. And we, we just haven't gotten back into the groove of, uh, of doing the weekly show there. But uh, when it does air, it, it airs on Friday afternoons at 3 o'clock. Uh, so we do hope, certainly hope to, to get that back together. We've been talking about it, trying to get it started sometime later this summer, trying to get back into the groove there. But uh, really a neat show because uh, we, we interview a lot of it's It's local. It's a local show. It's local events, um, whether it's uh, festivals or uh, church-related events that, that have food, center around food. Or, uh, you know, we have we, we're on location sometimes at restaurants talking to chefs in their own uh, place of business. So that's always a lot of fun. Uh, but Monsignor Nalti spent five years in Rome. He was uh, there, stationed in the Vatican, and uh, he was uh, he has a lot of experience uh, there in Rome. A lot of experience in Italy, so he likes to share a lot about uh, those experiences and the difference between how families uh, live the faith and how they celebrate family life around the table in Italy, as compared to here in the United States, and the things that we can learn from uh, the, the 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 Europeans as far as as particularly. Italians when it comes to family and food and faith uh, around the table. So you can check that out. Uh, New Orleans Pre sees food as a lure that brings people together. Uh, it's from NOLA.com, but you can find it over at CatholicFoodie.com. It is the top most post there today. Uh, so that is uh, really something that uh, that I'm, I'm thrilled to, to see. And let's see what else we have in the news today. I've got something else I want to share with you, and I've got to go scroll through my tabs here to see uh, where it is. I'll tell you what, folks, life is always a lot of fun. I've got text coming through. I've got uh, multiple browser windows with multiple tabs and multiple browsers, too. Uh, life just never is never a dull moment. I don't know about you, but never a dull moment. I do want to remind you, though, that you are listening to the Catholic Foodie Show here on You Supported uh, Real Life Radio. And I want to give you an opportunity to call in. We are approaching a break, but you can always call if you call, um, I'm going to find the number now because it's, it's 855-949-1380, 855-949-1380. Perhaps after the break, you can give me a call and tell me what's going on at your kitchen table. How about that? That would be a lot of fun. But in the meantime, you are listening to uh, the Catholic Foodie Show here on Real Life Radio. We'll be back in just a minute. Welcome back 
Catholic Foodie Show here on Musical Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie. So glad that you're here today. We're talking about uh, food and news. And I share with you before the break about uh, an article that appeared in the local newspaper here in New Orleans, the Times-Picayune, about Monsignor Christopher Nall who is a uh, pastor of Good Shepherd Parish there. It's uh, St. Stephen, the famous, the historic uh, St. Stephen Church uh, in New Orleans. Uh, a lot of Mardi Gras parades pass right by his parish <laughs> every year. They, they line up right outside and actually start right there and uh, then roll down St. Charles Avenue. Uh, pretty amazing and a beautiful place. A lot of great restaurants all along there because he's just a, a block, believe it or not, a block off of uh, Magazine Street. If you've been in New Orleans, you may uh, uh, recognize the name of that street, Magazine Street. Lots of of uh, restaurants down that street. It's become you know, art galleries, all kind of neat things. Uh, but Chef Justin DeVillier, who was on uh, was a Top Chef, I believe. Top Chef is the uh, uh, one of those many shows where you know chefs compete and somebody gets chopped or shot or cut or axed or whatever um he was on one of those and uh did fantastic did a fantastic job didn't make it all the way to the end but but uh but did just just did a fantastic uh fantastic job he has uh his first restaurant his own restaurant uh right there is only about a block and a half from uh saint stephen church it's it's called uh, la petite grocery right there on magazine street and they do a lot of fresh vegetables that believe it or not are actually grown right there on the side of the church, uh, the church, uh, beautiful, beautiful historic church, um, old style, you know, but it has a, a wrought iron fence built around the church itself. And along uh, the, the the side there, they have a lot of green space that they've used uh, for gardening. And uh, they, they have uh, really, they've got some, some folks who know what they're doing, who have green thumbs, not like mine. I've got black thumbs. And uh, they, they produce a, a tremendous amount of, uh, of, uh, of produce out of that garden, and he's able to supply his restaurant with it. I mean, it's pretty amazing. And uh, Monsignor Nalti likes a joke. He says, yeah, he always has to take a tithe from uh – <laughs> <laughs> from what goes out from that garden, you know, since it is on, on church property and all. And so uh, the good Monsignor is often seen over at uh, La Petite Grocery uh, having a little appetizer or, or a little something there in the evening. Um, uh, Chef Justin Villiers is is Catholic. He and his wife, and they are parishioners there at uh, at Good Shepherd Parish. So it's, it's pretty neat to have a little neighborhood restaurant right there next to the neighborhood parish. Uh, uh, a neat little thing there. Now, I wanted to talk to you a couple of the things that came across my news feed uh, the last uh, few days um, that I want to share with you have to do with food waste. Uh, I don't know about you, uh, but I was always – I grew up in a home where uh, it was just never never a good thing to waste uh, waste food. Uh, I don't know about you, but I always heard about the starving children in China and the starving children in, in Africa and the, the starving children everywhere, right? Um, I, I I never could figure out as a child how me not liking beans and wasting the beans that were on my plate had anything at all to do with the children in China or Africa or wherever you know. But but those were the stories that we heard uh, as a, as a, as a kid, and and there is a lot of truth to it. There is a lot of truth to that. Uh, to be more conscious, to be to kind of realize, to be first of all grateful for what we do have, and to be more conscientious and and try not to, to waste food. The fact is that we have uh, starving people right here in our own country, uh, sometimes in our own uh, city, in our own town, and perhaps even right down the street. Uh, poverty in the United States uh, looks different. It has a different face than poverty in the rest of the world, um, but it is still poverty. And I think when we have a, um, a standard of living, a, a, a certain level of, of living that we are accustomed to here in the States, it's very easy to um, – for, for the for the poor to, to, to almost disappear and to disappear in a way that uh, we just don't see them right we just don't see them uh, one of the one of the reasons that it's always uh, thrilling <laughs> in some respects uh, 
but also uh, heart heart touching to to travel downtown in New Orleans because the poor uh, you can't you can't be too far away from them they're everywhere a lot of homeless a lot of homeless uh, in in New Orleans and thank God that we do have a lot of really good ministries that are helping to uh, to feed them and to uh, to take care of them uh, the New Orleans uh, there's a there's a number of them I, I really ought to have some of them on the show to share their stories uh, that may be something that that we work toward here as we plan out future shows the catholic foodie show here on you supported real life radio uh, but food waste was never looked upon it was never looked upon as a as a good thing and uh, even today especially after spending two years with mother Teresa's priests um and in formation with them in mexico and, and living and working among the poor uh, i had spent a year here in the united states working on, with the poor uh in baton rouge with uh, mother Teresa's sisters her nuns um and work in the soup kitchen every day and, and, and working with uh, kids in the summertime, doing summer camps with them. And, and there's a, there was a, uh, shelter for, uh, unwed mothers. Um, and I did a lot of work with the, with the sisters. That's really what led me to make the decision to go into formation, particularly, right? Specifically with, uh, Mother Teresa's priests in, in Mexico. And I spent two years with them, uh, living among the poor, um, Serving the poor, uh, so much so that we would even me and, and some of the brothers there would, uh, uh, on a weekly basis, it was part of our job was to go to some of the the vendors uh, in in Mexico in Tijuana there, the open markets, uh, and to beg from them uh, foodstuffs that they could not sell that perhaps they had started to go bad or there were a few bakeries that would supply us with uh, two three day old uh, pastries and, and and loaves of bread and uh, we would beg for those things we would pick them up we would put together um, care packages and uh, distribute that to the poor uh, around us and so uh, you know food food waste is is not uh, not a good thing and it's been in the news uh, lately I don't know if you've seen that uh, recently or not but um, I've been seeing it off and on uh, for for uh, the last few weeks. Uh, talk about food waste in the United States, uh, whether it's grocery stores or or whatever. It's it's really a a problem. And but this particular article really talked about what me and you could do about it. Right? It's not about chain restaurants. It's not about grocery stores. It's not about um, suppliers, uh, the, the producers, right? People who are out there, farmers or, or whatever. It's not about them. It's about me and you and uh, the things that we could do and the way that we can, uh, the way that we can um, contribute to, to really kind of trying to change our, our mindset. You know, there was a study, uh, a study, uh, I think it was by the American Chemistry Council that concluded that the average, average American household throws away $640 worth of food a year. $640 worth a year. <clears throat> That's a pretty substantial amount. And I don't know about you. I mean, I'm guilty too. I mean, I, my wife and I lament this every time it happens to us and it does happen because we like to buy fresh food. And uh, so we go to the farmer's market and we buy perhaps more than we actually can cook. And so what happens? Uh, we, we, that, that extra um, head of lettuce that we bought, uh, we maybe buy two or three at a time. That extra head, that, that, that third head uh, ends up going bad before we're able to use it. Because guess what? Life, life happens. You know, we have what we like to call pop-ups or, or uh, sometimes we call them hiccups. You know, life has hiccups. These things that happen um, that you don't, you don't account for. And uh, because of that, we don't get to cook that one particular night or even a couple of nights. And so what happens? The food that we had that we had planned to cook doesn't get cooked and uh, ends up getting uh, thrown away. So uh, these things do happen, and, and we're guilty too. I can't I can't say that uh, that we're not. We certainly are. And and what happens is this uh, this particular article comes from Paste Magazine, uh, not something that I read on a regular basis. So I can't really speak about the the rest of of its content. I don't I haven't done any research on that at all. But this particular uh, article is about food. It's fourteen ways to curb. Food waste at home. So 14 ways to try to help reduce that $640 on average that uh, we waste as American families each year. And uh, it says, you know, the first one it says is give yourself a clean start. So this may be um, kind of ironic, but throwing out food may be the first step to avoiding future food waste. You know, go through your fridge and toss out or give away anything that you know you won't eat, uh, either because it's fuzzy with mold. 
<laughs> or because you bought it for a recipe you'll never make again. Uh, that way you'll have more room for the food you really want to eat, uh, making it more prominent and easily accessible. So going through and cleaning out the fridge is often a great way to start. Uh, another one, and, and this, a lot of these actually kind of remind me of the article I wrote. I've spoke to you about this before. Uh, the article that I wrote uh, a year or two ago called was it 10 Shortcuts to Cooking Dinner in Record Time, I believe is the title of it. And it's 10 different suggestions on ways that you can save time putting dinner on the table for your family because we all know it's important to be around the table with our family. Sometimes the reason why it doesn't happen as often as it should is because maybe we're just not ready. It, it takes too much time and too much effort that we feel like we don't have. And so I try to supply you with shortcuts, with tips on how to get dinner done more quickly in order to get around the table with your family. Some of these remind me of that. Here's one, plan meals out in advance. You know, it's easy to say, it's hard to do, uh, but you don't need a map. You don't need to map out the entire month uh, of menus. Instead, you just sit down uh, when you make out a grocery list and start by writing down three or four dinners that you intend to make that week. Um, and so that, that'll, that'll help you. You can also think of ingredients you maybe already have on hand, uh, maybe foods that you need to buy, uh, then you kind of, you know, you can even take what you have on hand and, and kind of try to start to make a menu based on that and then just fill in the gaps at the store with what you need. Uh, here's another one. Use the freezer, you know, leftover soup, sauces, even a lot of cooked vegetables freeze wonderfully. And your freezer is like a bank, you know, instead of letting the leftover stew uh, that you're tired of. Uh, instead of letting it get funky and throwing it out, um, freeze it, and then you can bring it out at a later date, maybe a month or two down the road. Uh, this is another excellent, excellent thing to do. Even when you're cooking, you know, I always say, you know, one of my shortcuts is if you're going to cook one chicken, why not cook two? Same effort, same energy. You can save one for the next day. You can say you can even freeze it. Uh, there's so many different things that you can do uh, to help. Um, uh, make the the process a lot easier, and also help to reduce to reduce weight. Uh, wait, not weight, waste. Weight is different. That's another topic for another day. <laughs> we can reduce weight too, but right now we're talking about reducing food waste. And uh, <laughs> we're going to resume this list uh, after the break. We are coming up on a break here. Uh, you are listening again. You are listening to the Catholic Foodie Show here on You Supported Real Life Radio. We're going to be back after this, uh, after this break. It's just one of those days, folks. You know, it's Monday. I don't know if y'all are aware of that or not. Today is Monday. I am living proof of that. Uh, welcome back to the Catholic Foodie Show on You Supported Real Life Radio. I'm very excited that you are here with me today. I'm Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie, and we are talking about, right now, we're talking about food and news. We're talking about 14 ways to curb food waste at home. The average American family weighs $640 a year in food. And uh, before the break, I used uh, one of the one of the, the tips here is to use the freezer, right? You can uh, uh, freeze leftovers um, so that if you're tired of eating them, you can eat them at a later date. And, uh, you know, if you start to put things into the freezer, guess what? The danger is you're going to forget they're there. <laughs> so uh, you want to remember to eat what you have frozen. You know, the freezer freezer bank is kind of like a bank. You need to make withdrawals, not just deposits. Uh, so try to schedule those frozen foods as meals ahead of time. That way you'll be able to pull out the package in the morning and let it thaw instead of, you know, smacking your head after you get home from work saying, oh my goodness, I can't believe I forgot about that. Uh, also, what about uh, sell-by dates? You know, this is another thing that uh, is always interesting. Is this good? Is this good? I think there's an app for that where you can actually try to find out if something is is good based on its uh, sell-by date. Uh, this goes with medications too. You know, they may have something that is sell-by a certain date, but that does not mean that it expires or that it's no good at that point. You know, you don't want to, of course, nobody wants to get sick from consuming rotten food. And that's uh, that's that's a good, a good uh, desire, right? Not to get sick. At the same time, uh, the sell-by date does not mean that something automatically goes bad. Uh, so you can take advantage of that. Obviously, take advantage of that. Uh, and also, uh, when I'm when I when I buy stuff and it's got a sell by date that's coming up, or it, it has maybe even an expiration date that's coming up, I'll try to use it. I try to cook it. I try to, to go ahead and because once it's cooked, it's easy for me to freeze, and then I can take it out at a later time. Um, 
Another tip here on these 14 ways to curb food waste is to make leftovers visible uh, by using clear storage containers, you know, either glass or plastic. Uh, you can, you know, we have a ton of these at the, at the house, at my house, in my kitchen, uh, plastic uh, containers. It, very easy just to, um, uh, uh, to, so you can see what's inside, you know. I have to admit, I have a hard time throwing things away, you know, as far as uh, other containers too, because I keep thinking, oh, you know, we'll use this for something, right? So I have like uh, uh, yogurt containers, which are not see-through. Um, I have glass, I always keep my glass, always, I could always use glass jars. I love using glass jars for salad dressings. I make salad dressings just about every day. And so it's it's wonderful to have, uh, to, to to have those on hand. But as far as plastic goes, and we do, we end up using those plastic containers for quite a bit, quite a number of things, including uh, when we want to throw away grease, if we have uh, cooked something that has, you know, some sort of, a, a, of grease that we've been cooking in, instead of just throwing that down the drain, we let it cool and then we put it in one of these plastic containers and uh, we can just put a lid on it and put it in the garbage can. So it goes out that way instead of ruining the pipes, you know, going down the, the, the drain. Uh, so making uh, leftovers visible by using glass or plastic. Another thing that's really easy to do is uh, to label the glass. I mean, to label the container. I do this too when I put things in the freezer. Uh, I love to make stocks. I love to make them from scratch. Um, and uh, you let them cook for like a, a full day or even longer. And so we don't always use them right away. Sometimes I'll put them into a plastic bag, like a, some sort of a Ziploc or a resealable uh, freezer bag and, and stick them in the freezer for future use, you know, for all those gumbos that I like to make. Uh, and the, 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 the companies are, are pretty good about this. You know, nowadays you get those resealable bags they typically have a white strip on them that is writable. You know, you can write on that. And so I'll just make a note, chicken stock or shrimp stock or beef stock, you know, whatever it may be, or if it's uh, leftover red beans and rice, whatever it might be, and then put the date. And that's really important so that, you know, if we do find something in the freezer that's like 10 years old, uh, we, we just say, okay, well, we'll just throw that one away, you know, but uh, if it's just a couple of months or, or a year, whatever, um, we, we at least know when we're, when we're, uh, pull, what we're pulling from. And if you do have uh, like multiple versions or not versions, that's not the, uh, the, what was what the word I'm looking for? Um, batches, multiple batches of stock. Uh, I'll pull the oldest, you know, always pull the oldest first, you know? So it's very helpful to go ahead and mark those things. These are those little things in life, you know, the little details that really do make life a lot easier. Uh, so that may be something you, uh, you can implement in your own kitchen. Um, think of leftovers as culinary gold. This is interesting. This is interesting. Uh, and I like it. I do like it a lot. Uh, leftovers, uh, this article says, are star kits for your next meal. It's uh, food you've already paid for. It's halfway prepared. Uh, any good restaurant kitchen uses this principle for creative specials or popular menu staples. Uh, leftover baked potatoes becoming stuffed potato skins, for example. So some home cooks have a flair for reimagining leftovers. Um, and some don't. Uh, so if you're in the, the, the latter camp, don't freak out, uh, but also don't discount the world's most trusty, uh, user, user upper of leftovers hash, right? So, uh, you, you can, you can always make something, make something from, uh, from what you have there and, and just change it. Um, that, that's always a, a an option. Let's see. I'm not going to have time to cover all of these things. So I'm going to try to go through uh, one, one of the simple things. And this is something that uh, very interesting. Um, you know, the way that we cook, the way that I cook uh, is, is I think very different than, than a lot of, I mean, first of all, it, it is one thing that's very different is the fact that I cook just about every day. Uh, now it's not every day because oftentimes when I do cook, I do cook big pots, big meals. And, uh, and so we're able to eat on that for a day or two, you know, sometimes two days, sometimes three days. It depends. If I make a big gumbo or a big, big pot of red beans and rice, then it may be something that, that happens. Um, it may be something that happens over, um, you know, we, we may eat on it for two or three days. Other than, otherwise, um, I think we're having some technical difficulty here. Um, looking right now, I don't know exactly what's going on. Uh, let's see. 
Oh, but what I was going to say is this, you know, one of the things that, that was the biggest adjustment, I think for a lot of people, one of the big adjustments for a lot of people is, 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 is changing their shopping habits. And, and the there, this is, you're trying to reach is currently unavailable. Please leave a message after the beep. Oh my goodness. Well, that's new and different. Hmm. Very interesting. Um, okay, it looks like we're having a little bit of uh, technical difficulty here on the station's end. I'm still with you, so that's okay. But on the station's end, it looks like the internet went down. So uh, we're going to continue. We're going to continue this show right now. Um, all right, what, what I'm saying is this: uh, shopping. Uh, this is one of the 14 ways too is to, to to only when you go shopping just to go to go more often first of all, and secondly to buy only what you need for a certain amount of time. Uh, I think the tendency today, especially with big box stores is what you go shopping once a week and you stock up and you buy like $600 worth of groceries that you wind up not really using, right? It did just, you wind up not being able to use that. Um, so, or, or, you know, it's, it's more, you're more, there's more of a propensity if it's fresh food, there's more of a tendency to actually waste stuff because you don't get around to it. What my grandfather used to do, my dad's dad, uh, he used to go to the store. He loved to cook, loved to cook. He used to go to the store every day. They knew him by name. When he would walk in, he'd go to the grocery, buy all fresh ingredients, go home, cook what he wanted to cook for the day. And and I don't know if it's genetics or what, but I am very much the same way. I love to go to the grocery store. For me, going to the grocery store is an outing. It's <laughs> it's fun. I enjoy it. And uh, and I love I guess I get creative ideas, you know, you know, what's fresh today? What's what do we have at the store? What can I use? And and being able to come up with a menu. Now, I know that everybody doesn't have that luxury. They don't have the time, that luxury to do that, but even if you were able to go once every couple of days and you just get what you need for that day or two, you know, or three, uh, then then you are cutting down on the chance of um you are cutting down the chance of um, of wasting of wasting food. This is uh, radio, folks. This is uh, what happens. Uh, we are pushing forward here. I have no connection with the studio, so I don't know what's happening and where we are with time. But uh, but that's going to be okay in the end, I believe. This will be uh, aired or or at least uh, uh, published as a podcast episode following the live broadcast. So you will be able to listen to it at a different time. Um. Let's see what else we have on these four, 14, 14 um, ways to curb food waste at home. Some of these, I could just read them to you right off and not go into each one. Think of leftovers as culinary gold. We talked about that. Be savvy when storing food. We talked about that. Uh, keep your good and good intentions in check. Uh, we'll have to come back to that one maybe. Don't get carried away at the big box stores. We talked about that. You don't need a whole uh, side of salmon or a five-pound bo- five block of cheddar cheese. <laughs> you risk you risk having that go bad, right? Uh, more is not necessarily better is the point. And uh, if you were to go and, and use you know, do smaller, smaller shopping trips, uh, you may be able to use and actually cook what you um, – what you are, uh, what you get at the time. Now, this very final step, I think, is a good one too. It says, "Be okay with taking small steps." This is something I encourage families all the time to uh, to take small steps when it comes to if you're if they're not used to cooking and having the family around the table on a regular basis, and they but they see the importance of it, they want to start. I always say, just you know, take small steps. Just do one one meal a week if you have to. Uh, but this is what it says: Don't put a guilt trip on yourself for throwing food away. It happens. Meaningful changes in our shopping, cooking, and eating habits happen gradually one step at a time with some foresight and a little luck next year hopefully uh, we'll all be pocketing some of that $640 not pitching it so that article was written by Sarah Byer, uh, B-I-R, Byer, Sarah Byer, uh, is, who is Paste's food editor. So again, it's pastemagazine.com. There will be a link in the show notes over at catholicfoodie.com. So you don't have to go hunt this down. You will find it uh, over at catholicfoodie.com. Now we are coming to the close to the end of the show. Uh, we have a couple of minutes left, but uh, as I mentioned to you, the the uh, apparently the studio is having some issues here. The internet is down and I'm trying to figure out uh, what is happening. Uh, 
Because I'll tell you what's supposed to happen. What's supposed to happen is I was supposed to go right into the next show. The next show is uh, with Mary Graham. It's Living Witnesses with Mary Graham. And very excited about that. I'm going to be the guest on the show today. Uh, very exciting. Uh, live show. First time she's going to be live today. Her new live show starts today. I'm the first guest. I'm thrilled about that. Very, very excited and, and honored. I feel honored. Um, but right now we have a little internet issue. So I'm trying to figure out... Um, um, what's going on here? Let me send a little message. Um, this is, uh, this is radio. This is radio. This is radio. Live radio is what happens, right? We're not in control. And that's, that's an awesome thing though. That's an awesome thing. Cause who's really in control? God is right. We have to be able and willing to, um, to work with what uh, with what real life throws at us, and it's going to throw all kind of things at us. Life doesn't always go the way we want it to go. In the big scheme of things, uh, and not nor, not in the big scheme of things, and not in the little scheme either. You know, uh, every day things happen that uh, we have to. I mean, the bottom line is, I think we have to accept. We have to accept. And uh, if you're a person of faith, uh, and you're able to see God's hand in the little details of of life. And we can accept with faith that even those little things that happen that perhaps annoy us, that perhaps seem to be stumbling blocks or seem to be uh, something that is uh, coming in the way of what we think uh, we should be doing, that even those little things uh, can lead us closer to God and, and help us to trust that God is the one in charge. God knows best and God is helping us uh, with things that even seem like obstacles. Uh, St. Paul talked about that. Matter of fact, it was the reading, uh, yesterday's reading, a Sunday reading, right? St. Paul talked about the thorn in the flesh. Three times he begged the Lord to remove that, to take that away from him. And what did God say? What did the Lord say? He said, my my grace is sufficient. You know, my grace is sufficient. That basically is his, his power, his strength will shine forth in the weakness that Paul experienced. And, and I think we can all say that. We can all say the same thing that uh, uh, we, we um, you know, God, God, is, God is for us, not against us. And I think that's probably one of the hardest things that, that we have to, uh, to accept in life. Why? I don't know why it's hard. I think a lot of us just have been beaten down in some way, shape, or form in life. And uh, we have a hard time understanding and, and really accepting that God loves us unconditionally the way that he does and that he really is for us and not against us. Well, that's a good way to end the show today, the Catholic Foodie Show on You Supported Real Life Radio. Uh, I do want you to hold tight. I still have no idea what's going on, whether the studio is connected to me or not. So I'm going to be signing off here now. Uh, please do uh, stay tuned. Uh, listen to the next uh, hour of, of uh, broadcast that's coming to you, which is going to be the live, the very first live show of Living Witnesses with Mary Graham. I will be the guest on today's show, and I look forward to talking to you there. So until next time, uh, which is tomorrow, bon appetit.